0: on this episode of Building Men, rewriting your script with Chris Marhefka. Chris facilitates transformation by opening hearts, expanding minds, and giving people permission to be their most authentic self. He creates life-changing experiences in emotional healing, inner child work, somatic experiencing, breath work, masculine embodiment, relationship and communication coaching, Men's Development and Leadership Mentoring. Chris is the CEO and facilitator at Training Camp for the Soul and the founder and facilitator of the Embodied Man Community and Retreats. He came into this healing work after over a decade in entrepreneurship and coaching, having done countless programs and reading hundreds of personal development books Chris kept running into the same challenges showing up in his life. It wasn't until he found training camp for the soul and did the program for himself that he was truly able to transform his life by going deeper. The healing work Chris focuses on is a combination of breath, semantics, energy work, story work, inner child work, mindset, and other modalities to get deeper into the subconscious and heal at the root. And I got to tell you, Chris is a good looking dude. Welcome to the Building Men Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Miralda. Hello and welcome to the Building Men Podcast. Building men, become the strongest version of yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. We just had a fucking shit show in the studio, brother. Weird. where It was... It was as cli- like I would describe it as, you know, using the opposite hand backwards to masturbate with, uh, th- with sandpaper. sandpaper. That's, that's what it just felt. I'm sweating right now just yeah, trying to get this shit clam- going. Yeah. We're trying, we're trying to be self-sufficient in this studio where uh, the studio is unbelievable. But really,
1: it's like... We're not self-sufficient. <laughs> we're not. We're, we're like so fucking chimpanzees. This was like our first test to God be able to, like, do it on our own. We and failed miserably. Computers are up in flames. It, really? That's what, right that's what it feels like my <laughs> armpits are sw- I'm s- think
0: I'm wearing a black shirt. Uh, right and yeah, my armpits are God. fucking so sweaty right now. So we have on the podcast. I mean, w- w- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move right to Zoom right now. So so th- this is where the audience has more time to look at this. This th- unbelievably gorgeous human being in front I of me. I got to so. tell you, like, he is I better looking than
1: you. I, I you there's t- not I'm many people we've seen yeah, I don't, that are better I don't looking than you. Say. Yeah, his hair is <laughs> <you're> phenomenal.
0: totally speechless. It's like I I think of... um. The the scene in, in Avengers yeah when they when they, the the um, Guardians of the Galaxy meet Thor and they yeah. said it's like one Chris a Pratt goes up to Chris Hemsworth oh. he's talking a lot deeper <laughs> little, a lot like uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah. as as we're talking if Anthony's voice gets a little deeper yeah. you know why it's I'm definitely like, it's a, it's a good looking
1: content. I can't get my hair <laughs> like that I don't care how long <laughs> so I try it's just impossible so how many podcasts have you been on that the
0: that the two male guests were just swooning over you two totally straight heterosexual man men yeah. with you. Know a, a record of, of not
1: afraid to tell another man when they not think he's afraid beautiful. To tell another just man,
0: D- that's <laughs> it. Just admiring beauty wherever it comes from. Yeah, that's right. So uh, now I need to introduce this man. This man is Chris Marhefka. He is the CEO of Training Camp for the Soul. He's a coach. He is a facilitator, and as we mentioned, he's not he's not tough on the eyes either, as as, <laughs> we'll, as we'll say. So welcome aboard, man. I uh, we appreciate you just hanging with us and dealing with the the shit show that was us getting ready for this first uh, this this interview today
2: thanks for having me on guys (laughs) I've, I've i've had plenty of those moments where I'm picturing, uh, you know, like in Zoolander, where they're just beat yes. the computer. The <laughs> files are in the computer. <laughs>
1: exactly what I was thinking of. They just toss it over. <laughs> I have it here, the files. <laughs> and listen, if if anyone who's in
0: charge of Zoolander three is watching, I mean, we definitely have a runway model right, right here that right. would give Ben Stiller yeah. and Owen Wilson a run for their
1: money. They just has to act like us. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs>
0: has to act like yeah. total idiots like we're doing right now. Yeah. So normally we we're a little bit more professional in our um our introduction and our approach but it was just one of those days chris so welcome aboard we we totally appreciate you being here and we were introduced to training camp for the soul it was actually uh, julie believe it or not reached out to someone from training camp for the soul and and she said julie's my girlfriend and she said um wow i love what you're doing you know you should follow along with building men and their message and all of a sudden here we are um interviewing chris today so that's how we were introduced to you and doing a deep dive into your journey we listened to a few of the podcasts that you were on um the personal development mastery podcast that you were on recently and got a little bit into your story one thing that we're really fascinated by in building men one is you know people's definition of masculinity and and what it means to be a man but even deeper when people go through that Spot in their life where they're they feel like they're, they're not are th- they're authentic selves or they're they're in a really challenging situation They have to persevere and your story really resonated with me because I was in a spot where I was looking at myself in the mirror um, A couple years ago and I didn't like who I saw and it just wasn't authentic to me So Chris I'd love for you to, to start telling your story, you know How did you get to that point to when you were 32 years old and you were like? I don't f- I don't fucking know who this guy is in front of me lead us up to th- how did you get to that point where you looked in the mirror and you didn't recognize the man you saw Yeah.
2: I, uh, up until that point, I had like followed all the rules, all the rules that were presented to me of what you should do for a good life. Um, Did the, did the whole do good in school thing, did, did good in sports that led to uh, doing good in the business world. Um, I got really, really good at being achievement oriented. I would set goals, put my head down. I would hit those goals. And up until that point, all those goals were, were from my mind, from what someone else told me I should do. And I had been doing it every year, every single year. And I was sitting down to uh on, on my birthday in December, and I was doing goals for the next year. And I'm like, I've done all of these things. So I'm sitting here, I've checked all the boxes, I had success in this business world. I have the money, the house, the wife. I've got the businesses, the community, the friends, and yet I don't feel like every year we, we go through the same fucking process and I don't feel any better about my life. I just keep more, okay, so what's next this year? Okay, the number's bigger. And I just remember thinking there's gotta be something more than just adding another zero or, or accumulating more things. And even though I had that realization, Um, my, my journey done, uh, say my journey didn't start there, but, um, I still went through, um, a process of what I call self-sabotage where I didn't have the answer of what was more. So I just started like unconsciously breaking the shit that uh, and we're good to curse right. oh yeah yeah
0: I've cursed like at <laughs> least 13 oh, times shit. I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> everyone
1: I'm just so celebrating I started,
2: I started breaking the shit of my life because it was like okay I've done all these things that everyone said I should do and I don't I don't have true joy and happiness in my life I don't have fulfillment I don't feel connected in my relationships um, I still don't trust other people I don't trust my employees I don't trust my, my wife Um, and like that sucked to admit. Um, and at the time I was always looking outwards. I was looking, okay, what can I do outside of myself? What can I get outside of myself, um, that will solve this? And, you know, I went through probably about two years of of self-sabotage to where I was just, I was just fed up with this way that I was living. That's the best way I could describe it. I was just tired of it and my body was beat down from, from, from beating it up. My, my mind was just tired from just pushing, 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 uh, and I was just tired. And I was coming back from, from a trip. This is when it really happened for me. I was coming back from a trip and uh, with my wife at the time, and I was driving the RV, and I just crossed the Florida-Georgia border, driving back to my home in Florida, And I had this realization where I didn't actually want to go home to all this that I created. It was like this realization of just like, fuck all that old life. Just fuck it. Like, I I don't know what the answer is, but what I have been doing is not working for me. And I I broke down, I I pulled over, broke down in tears. And, And to that point, that was probably only like the second or third time in my adult life I had cried and probably the first time in front of another person, which is my wife. And um, I was just like, you know, I, I don't know what it is. But, like, I've been going down this road of, of um, what what I've been told is the thing. And I have all this shame and guilt that I have all the things, but I'm not happy with it. So what the fuck is wrong with me? And that was the question at the time is like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I have all these things. I should be happy and I'm not. And that led me to meeting a few people synchronistically. Anat Perry was one of them who you, know, you guys will have on the show. And, um, and I ended up doing her, uh, program. It was just her at the time called training camp for the soul. And it blasted me wide open. It, it, it essentially flipped the script from looking outside of myself to looking inside of myself, something I hadn't really done in uh, my whole life, and I had done a shitload of personal development. I'd done a shitload of learning. I'll put it that way. I, I read all the all the books, all the books on being a better leader, better communicator, better thing, and I was like doing all these, but they were all outside of myself. And then I started looking inward, and when I started looking inward. I started discovering like very clearly like, oh, I was just following this script that I was given. I was just doing it really well. Um, And then in this process, in this program, I just started learning how to systematically uh, remove the lines of of script that I didn't like and put in the ones that I did like. And uh, that was really the start of my, my really, my deep journey. but I I, I've been on the the learning path for my whole life. Um, And that's, that's what I think resonates with a lot of people in my story is that I was always growth oriented. I was always getting better. I was always like doing the training program and and getting stronger. I was always like doing uh, business things that get your business better. I was setting plans, doing annual planning. I was doing the goal setting. I was doing those things. Um and uh, it was just the what I was directing it towards wasn't from my heart. It wasn't from what I truly desired. It was just from eh, I guess this is what I should be doing. Um and yeah, that's that's how I, I got to where I am today and and over a couple of years um found out that uh found out but really discovered some some gifts that I had around facilitating this work, eventually partnered with the knot uh now now run the company and we facilitate together and um yeah get to show other people the the same path or or a a way to to create people's own path in their life rather than just following the one that they were given so that's all i got here
0: i think back to my own journey that I've been on and, uh, people that are listening to the show that are regulars on building men know that I had, you know, I had a, a specific moment as well. And you recall that one moment as you, as you were talking, Chris, I, I really, I connected with it when you're, I, I was goal oriented, at a, a goal oriented at it as well. You know, like I, I went through school. I always wanted to get good grades. I wanted to be the best athlete that I that I can possibly be. Um, I, becoming a teacher I was on the fast track my second year as a teacher I went back to get my master's degree to become a principal in my second year teaching I was like it was I needed it to happen that quickly I started as an administrator really early and I was always chasing the next thing the next thing and trying to accumulate and it needed to look a certain way from the outside and it did like if you looked at my family the way it was structured Wife, three kids, the dog looked a certain way. We had the minivan, and it just it looked like okay. This guy's got his shit together. This is how a family should look. He's a you know,
1: and people treat you like you have everything together. And
0: I I didn't. It, I was I was building, um, my what I thought my identity was on this house of cards. It really it really was. I built it all up, and it looked a certain way. And when it came crashing down, it fucking crashed hard. And I was left at this moment where I didn't know what life was about anymore and i felt like i was such a failure because i built these things on things that really weren't uh didn't mean anything really in, in the long in the long run um so before i i get to that pick up on your journey um i'm wondering w- why do you think that was your thing why do you think you were so goal oriented uh, because i was the same way and i'm, I'm thinking about it for myself right now was it birth order was it you were pushed hard by your parents was it you know you've just felt internally like you needed to show up in a certain way so as you you've done that work and tried to figure out why you built your whole life on these things that really didn't matter what did you come up with
2: yeah i i go back to um it's just uh, it, it's a process of following following a script of, of rules of like this is just the way things are this is the way you should be and and it's always from parents first but then it gets reinforced by the school you go to the community you grow up in the society the country you live in and the, it, it's just like this uh s- like self-reciprocating like one like one um strengthens the other and vice versa so it's like Uh, I was raised in a a household where hard work was valued. Um, uh, Immigrant families from both sides, not me personally, but a few generations back. And so there was always this, like, you work hard and you, uh, especially for men, you put your head down, you work hard. And at some point in the future, you retire and you you get to live this good life and support your family and provide. But it was all around this, like, well, life is just suffering and you just got to grind and you got to, you just got to uh, put yourself aside um, for this period of time. And then you retire and then, and then you're good. And what I, um, what I witnessed was, especially all the men in my family, they did just that. They put their head down and they, they, they picked their thing that they were going to do for the rest of their life. And they just worked hard at it, hard at it they either climbed this, uh, corporate or government ladder, and they just um, kept checking the boxes of promotions and getting the raises and and buying more things, buying the boat, buying the a little nicer car, and that was just the model that I grew up in. And the people that did it the best, did that the best, were the ones that were talked about at the family gatherings. They're like, oh, you know, Joe got the new boat, and like, <laughs> and so it's like just unconsciously as a child you pick up on that and like oh that's how you get rewarded that's how you get uh love that's how you get admired um and and uh and then also being raised in in a culture in in the united states where we are achievement oriented the people with the the most uh the nicest cars and the most money in their bank account the biggest house Uh, Ironically, those people who don't have much in their bank account. (laughs) Side note: I did uh, financial planning for a few months, and it was so ridiculous to see the people with the biggest houses and the the fanciest cars have the most debt and be the most in fear around money. Which that's a little side note, but um, and it's this, it's it's a honestly a, a trap, and no matter how well my my family. Um, my dad did better at work and we got nicer things, but there was always fear around money. And there was always like never enough. There was ever like, okay, now we just gotta go get more and more and more. And, um, and that's just the country that we live in really praises that. They praise this achievement. Um, and I think it honestly, it keeps us distracted enough to have this little like, carrot in front of us that we don't have to look at anything else in our life. We don't have to look at the, like, the deficiencies or the, the patterns in ourselves that we don't like. We don't have to look at our relationships. We don't like to look at how we're showing up as a father or, our, um, or how we're showing up in the world. It just kind of, it keeps us like distracted enough. And uh, yeah, it's reinforced by school it's like you do good you get this good grade and you're the good one and then you that translates to sports it's like you work hard do good you get the achievement you get the medal you get the trophy you're the good one um and then in business as well it's like okay who's growing the fastest who's got the most employees who's got the biggest business who's got the biggest like revenue um and it's all this um you know it's there's, there's value to it. And there, there really is value to learning those skills, the skills of business and the skills of, of, of achieving. Uh, but it's not everything, it's not all of it. And I think that's the part that when you take a step back and you look at the bigger picture of life and you have these moments where we break down and we've, we've done the thing, I think you almost have to have some level of success in achievement to realize it's not the thing. That's what everyone says. is like, everyone should make a bunch of money to realize it's not about the money. Right. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I did it and I followed it. And I was the one that was talked about at all the family gatherings. Was like, oh, look at Chris, entrepreneur, doing all these things, successful business. And it almost made it worse for me. Everyone was like affirming like all the good shit I was doing. And I was just feeling worse and worse about myself for not being happy with it. Um, I was like, it, it grew the question of what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me?
0: It's like that imposter syndrome that people have. Yeah. Once, Once you start getting recognition for something that you don't authentically believe about yourself, then you're constantly like, telling yourself lies to make to make it seem real to make you to make yourself believe whatever the it's bullshit fraud, is that yeah. you've been trying to, to build it on it there's so many things that you said that we i feel like we were raised in pretty much the same type of family I was just you know say. Was, there's <laughs> so much there i mean i just think about what was valued as we were growing up we, we we've done a deep dive into just our thoughts around masculinity and so much of that you learn so much of masculinity from your father and then the relationship between father and mother or you know significant other and then how they interact with the world and so you do a lot of observing it's not just what they say it's what they do and so our father was a fucking hard worker he would bust his ass he still is working but there was always so much value put on hard work which i think served us well you know as we mm-hmm. as we grew and um you know entered adulthood but there was also when there's work, you have to work. You, you have to when it, when there's a work available. And Mom would say it to us too, when there's work available, you, you can't turn work yeah. down. You got to work. Go work with Daddy. He's a, um, a blue collar worker, a painting contractor. So that was a thing growing up. We always felt like you couldn't take a t- any breath, take moments for yourself to enjoy. something That was
1: time wasted. That yeah. was money lost. Yep. Right. So
0: you work your ass off for fucking fifty weeks a year for what? Two weeks of vacation, mm-hmm. and you're miserable for the other you know three hundred and you know forty two days or whatever. But it there's is. a
1: car at the end of yeah. there,
0: right? And the carrot was always what drove him yeah. and, and what we started to realize, Chris, was that we, we, there was so much value placed on, well, look at the way our yard looks. Look at this swimming pool. Look at Look you know, at the what car. I have,
1: right? Look at all that I have. All of these materialistic items that I've... Uh, consumed over these years that I've been working.
0: And then it was, you know, um you can do this too. If you take over the family business, you can have what I have, you can make this amount of money. And neither one of us went down I mean we still every once in a while he'll, he'll our dad'll be like, "Hey, I need your you guys to help me yeah, pay yeah. I'm like, "All right, we'll fucking hang around and do it or whatever." Yeah. But neither one of us went down that track and um he didn't like it. I know he he didn't want us to do that, but so I know for me i went down the track of what you did in that like i need to the next thing the next thing the next thing and I, i'm as you're talking i'm doing like a deep dive into why for me it was like that i'm gonna you know <laughs> probably go home and have a good cry over this as well
1: and as just I'm, so we're <laughs> clear chris the guy who they would talk about all the time was my brother right so like i've it it went as far as like i'd be working with my father i would be there with him my brother dennis is not there And the guy he's talking to at this apartment that we're painting is like, oh, do you have kids? I'm standing right next to him, mind you. He's like, oh, yeah, my son is a principal. He's, you know, been doing it for the last decade. He's phenomenal. He works here, blah, blah, blah. And then he keeps talking. And he's like, oh, yeah. And uh, that's my son, Anthony, over there. He's, um, yeah, he does. Uh, Anth, what are you doing again? And I'm like, yeah. fucking God. So, like, again, I'm not getting like that. So I look at that and I'm like, well, I need to step it up. I got to get all this stuff so that I'm praised like my brother's because he's at the pin- he's at the top, you know. So Yeah, it's so interesting. And so now we're
0: at the point in your journey. You mentioned it was Florida Georgia Line, you know, and I'm going to probably listen to Cruz on the way home. I'll, you know, give a shout out to Florida Georgia Line right now. Um, <laughs> but I, I have another similar moment where I, I can remember the time in my life like it happened yesterday. I remember how it looked, how it sounded, how it felt, how it smelled like this. When I finally made the decision that this is not going to be me anymore. I, I was at this really, really low spot, this point in my life where I was like, I need to break free of, of what I think other people think I should be. So go back to that moment. You're driving across the border, and can you almost recreate that whole thing in your head? Yeah, same same thing. It, it, I remember
2: what it looked like, at nighttime. I mean, I remember everything, um, and I was just, you know, I, I can I can feel it, like everything was like bottled up and tight my body was tight i remember at the time i was having all this physical pain this was i worked in the the fitness space and, and the nutrition space it was like all about taking care of the body but like i was always in pain in my body and everything was always tight and achy and um and i, I just remember and and um i just remember my my wife uh she was going through uh, a knots program at the time she did it before I did it uh, like six months before I did it and I was noticing all of the changes in her and how she was showing up she was lighter she was happier and she asked me she had just had awareness of what was happening she's like she's like Like, what's up what's going on and this is that just being silent. I'm in my head, just processing all this shit. Like what's, what's, what's going on? What's going on? And then she asked me, and that's when the answer came out. is like, I don't actually want to go home. I just want to turn around and go anywhere but there. Um, and at the time I, I was putting a lot of external blame on, on everything. I was like, Oh, this and that. Uh, but it, it wasn't, I, I had done a good job of building, the life that I thought that I wanted. And what really was the problem was that I wasn't happy with that life that I had built. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was like this moment to where I finally, uh, term gets thrown around a lot of personal development. I finally surrendered to not knowing all the answers of like, what was next. And I surrendered to, uh maybe what what i knew to be true wasn't actually true um and I, w- I was surrendered to telling to continuing to tell myself those lies and those stories um i was just i just i just it was almost like i proverbial threw my hands up and i was like okay i'm done like i, I don't know what's next and i i like needed that moment to just break down because up until that point i was pretending like i had it all together and i was holding it all together and everyone was acknowledging me for for having it all together and i just didn't want to fucking have it all together i didn't right i, I like I, I just wanted to, yeah wanted to let go and um and it just took that amount of I just the term i use is pressure just like all of this pressure in me and then when i i i I cried on the side, I pulled over on the side of the road and I cried for, for probably close to an hour and she just held me and supported me. And, and, um, and then after that, I felt so much better. I didn't know what was next. I got back in the driver's seat. We drove home. I didn't know what was going to happen next, but I felt better. I just felt better about life. I felt better felt positive like positively that i was going to figure it out everything was going to be okay um this was going to be fine and it was the first time in in a very long time that i actually felt that way that everything was going to be all right um and then things started to be all right
0: yeah and so now you get you get down to florida you're you're back home you've had this Mm -hmm. epiphany and as you as you're recalling things, a lot of the, the people that we talked to have gone through this that that moment, whatever it was that they found themselves in a low spot. You were ultra successful. I mean, you were you were you know successful the way that things looked from the outside, and but internally it was probably like termites. You were kind of eating away at the core and not knowing what it was going on. And so now you you return home you probably feel lighter, you know, emotionally, spiritually from that journey. So now what do you do? What, what are the next steps after you realize, okay, whatever I built my life on was not authentic, was not true. wasn't me. What do you do now? What, what do we do to take, to take those steps forward?
2: Yeah, I, I was, um, I was very fortunate that the solution, uh, was, had already been presented to me. I just resisted it when, when I, um uh, go go back about from that breakdown moment this was right after thanksgiving uh, 2018 and, and back up about six or nine months from there i met a mentor in the business space at a business conference and he straight up said he's like hey look you get business we could be we could jam on marketing all day long but he's like look i was exactly where you were six months ago it's not your fucking business you know he had this different energy than everyone else that was there and everyone was talking strategy and you do this And everyone was at this conference was scaling seven and eight figure businesses and it was like all this like strategy talk is the tool this is the new thing and this guy just had some different energy and and i was like hey like I, i just connected there was something about him that i wanted to talk to him and uh he's like look we can talk business all day long he's like you clearly get it he's like i know that because i was exactly where you were six months ago he's like it's not your fucking business it's you and i was like oh yeah. <laughs> right and he's like he's like yeah do whatever you want in the strategy side like yeah go take home all this stuff do it but my advice to you is go do this program that i just did he, he had just done it um about four or six months ago, he's like, go do training camp for the soul and see what happens. And a few weeks later, my my wife and I got on the phone with Anat, who's the founder. And my my wife was a full yes. She was like, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Like I'm fully in. And I was so resistant. I was like I was like, this sounds woo-woo. I was like, I don't trust it. And this is just my I like, I don't trust it. I don't know what this is. Um, and I couldn't, uh, I wasn't ready to face like looking at myself. I just wanted to think it was like, I just needed to change something outside of myself. I needed to tweak this knob and, and do this thing differently. And I'd be good. And I didn't want to look at myself. And so I resisted, but she ended up doing the program, uh, my, my wife at the time. And so at the moment where I was doing, I was doing that drive, drive home. And I, I had that breakdown. At the moment, she was almost done with her program, and I was noticing all of the changes that she was experiencing. She was happier and lighter, and was just um, just overall enjoying life so much more. And I wanted that, and so the situation or the solution for me was right there in front of me, and it felt obvious. So I got back on the phone with with knot and I was like, "Look, I don't I don't know what's next, but this thing keeps popping in my awareness." And I was still resistant to it, but um, and and I said something to her on the phone. It was something along the lines like, "Look, I'm just afraid of losing control," and that was I was like, "I'm afraid of losing control," and I don't know what's on the other side of this. And she's like, "Look, I'm not interested in you losing control. I'm actually interested in you gaining control that you haven't had this whole time." And it was true that really hit me and i was like okay here's my card <laughs> and uh it was true because i hadn't had control i was just following what other people told me i should do so really i didn't control anything in my life and that fucking hit me and so i was like all right i'm gonna do it and she had a program that was starting uh, about a month later so i did the program in january 2019 and um yeah completely shifted everything for me it turned the lens inside on myself and how i was showing up and what i learned uh, of how to show up and um it, it like like he said like like mike said the guy i met at the business conference he's like it fucking changed everything for me um and and you know um for the three months of the program I didn't really change anything in my external world. I just started viewing it all differently. I had a lot more gratitude for my employees. I was grateful for the life I had rather than like rejecting it, resenting it. So I was just feeling better about myself and my life. life. But I knew there were still some changes. Um, And then there was a period of about three months after the program where I was just like, taking these small actions and doing these things. And I was feeling every time I would do something that was like in line with my heart, it would feel really good. And then I looked around at like six months later at around like June, 2019, I looked around at my life and it was completely fucking different. And I'm like, Whoa, I was like, I literally did the transformation thing and I didn't even know I was doing it. Um, And it was just, it was, it was, it was, at that moment where I, I realized I was like, Oh, I really can have anything I want, create anything I want, live the life that I want. It was just me. That was in the way of doing it. And once I got out of the way, there was just like this beautiful period where, um, I just started creating. I was like, this is what I want. And i just make it, w- it would happen. And, um, yeah. And, and then I, and then I kept going, um, really, it, everything came together at the right time. I made the decision to leave on a road trip right after that program ended. It was in that program that I decided, look, I'm just going to do it. I'd been planning this like um, cross-country road trip with my wife. We'd been talking about it for years. We had an RV, we were talking about doing it, but it was like, Oh, but the business, we'll just do it next year after we're in a better place next year. And during this program, I was just like, Hey, I'm not going to put off life anymore. I'm going to do this thing, and like whatever happens, happens. And I left, and you know there was lots of rocky times, and the businesses didn't do as well on paper, but I was so fucking happy, and everything felt light and free, and um, yeah, it was. um, it, It ended up being, and we can talk about this too, but during that time when we were in the RV, um, I was changing, my wife is changing and all of our shit was starting to come up. We spent nine years in relationship together, not addressing ourselves and what was really happening. And all of a sudden, um, both of us were addressing it. And so like our shit as a couple from nine years just started bubbling to the surface. And then that was what I really had to deal with uh, when we were in this RV trip and we were working through it together. Um, and, uh, we ended up separating as a result of that. We just realized that like, Hey, we're different people. Now the foundation of our relationship was when, when she was 20 and I was 22 and and it was like, we're very different people. And, uh, so we ended up separating and and later divorcing, but, um, yeah, it was, it was such a, such a, uh, like a, uh, a chaotic time, but also there was so much like joy in that chaos because every time I did something that was chaotic and it like felt like it was burning something down, I would look back after a few months and everything would be way better. I was like, thank God I made right. that decision, even though it sucked at the time and there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, pain discomfort associated with it. it was like, whoa, it it really was the right decision. And every time I made one of those decisions, it looked that way every time. So it just gave me more confidence and more courage to take those difficult decisions.
0: It was It's almost like the phoenix, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. It burns down, and then it comes back in a stronger capacity. Anthony and I were talking, uh, whatever it was last week. We were in the studio together, um, and being in here under the lights, we just had one of those moments. It was like we, we, we were, like, giddy laughing just fucking around as brothers in the studio. But we said, can you believe that this is our life right now, that we are sitting here, doing a podcast called building men as brothers together me leaving a job as a principal Anthony leaving his you know previous profession he was a strength and conditioning coach and and now we're doing this and we're like I, how if you would have told me two years ago that we would be laughing our asses off in studio <laughs> like I would say you're fucking crazy there's no, yeah. there's no way that that could have possibly happened or if you told me that I, wa- I was not a prince anymore, I'd say, "Oh my God, my life is over." Or, what? What? what and as I look back, I was like, "Wow, it's, it's
1: the greatest thing. So that much could better have ever happened. So yeah. much better." <laughs> and I look at what you were talking about. and You're saying you had that feeling, right? Like just this internal feeling that you couldn't describe. And I wonder, especially as men, how often do we have these feelings, or maybe that feeling came up earlier for you, but you repressed it and suppressed it and didn't listen because you had so much activity let's say like just where we go 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 so you know that could have come up way earlier in your relationship in the business world and you just weren't ready either weren't ready to hear it or you just weren't listening you know and like i wonder that all the time
0: yeah i all i think
2: i have so much awareness of all those moments yeah like look at i'm like oh yeah that's (laughs) when i should have listened
0: (laughs) right yeah I think too um, during COVID during quarantine the divorce rate went up exponentially during that time I got I was married for 17 years almost 17 years I was separated before you know the quarantine before COVID so it was you know mid-March I was actually separated living with my brother um when everything shut down and I then moved back in because I I didn't want to be separated from my kids three kids I did not want to be separated from them and what what forced us to do was like all right no no more we're done like this is it's over you know and we and we knew it at that point and I almost equate that to your RV trip, you know, it was almost like you were forced. So so many couples were forced during quarantine to take a hard look at each other, being like, who the fuck are you? And who the fuck am I? You did that during the RV trip. So it was almost like you were, you, you had that time in a box and you're like, wait a second, you've done this work internally. She's done this work internally. And you look at each other and, and, and you're like, all right. And it was done in a really healthy way. From what I can see. you, there was on, um, on Instagram, basically you, you posted your, um, maybe your, your ex did as well like your letters to each other um as like a separation you know letter to each other talk to us a little bit about that that was really interesting to me i've never seen that done before
2: yeah um we have such a like a beautiful relationship now and a, and a lot of people a lot of our friends and, and people that follow us on instagram we're very public about it we're very open and um we have a great friendship now and our divorce went about as smooth as a divorce could be we actually sat at the hearing together on the same screen and the judge was like i don't i don't see this very yeah. often That's all you guys
0: doing right yeah
2: <laughs> yeah and, and it was just it was it was like this just beautiful realization that that chapter had closed and we were both on that page because we had both done this work and um and, and you know, we're in this place now, um, but it definitely wasn't always that way. I mean, we, we had, we triggered each other. We had a lot of conflicts. We had a, a lot of um, like resenting each other and feeling hurt. But the thing that was different for, for us, um, that, that I imagine was different for us, was that one the day we separated and like, it was like, Uh, obvious that we were going to have a journey ahead of us of figuring out if this is going to continue or not. We both decided that we were going to navigate this whole experience, this whole journey with love, no matter what, I will love you through this. You will love me through this. And just having that, we had to remind each other that often during the process, but it was always navigated with love because at the end of the day, um, I knew that, um, she wanted what was best for me, but she also wanted, wanted what was best for her first and vice versa. I wanted what was best for her, but I also wanted what was best for me first. And knowing that and holding, holding both of us holding that, we could move forward and, and say like, okay, like what do you actually need in this? What do you need in this? Um, and, you know, as we navigated with this process with love, um it was just really clear that we could love each other as people and just change the dynamics of our relationship um and it there was there was definitely a period of time where it was all all, already clear that we weren't great we we weren't going to be um romantic partners life partners uh, husband and wife but we still really loved each other. And that was a confusing time for both of us. Cause we're like, should we get back together? Like, should we do this thing again? And, um, we, we like had those conversations, but it just kept, kept coming up that like, no, like that can be it. Like I can just love you and we can have a friendship and we can create whatever the relationship is together. Um, and then we can also choose to go our separate ways and, and have other relationships with, <laughs> The people that are a better fit for that um that was it was really it was confusing for both of us and it was a challenging time and a lot of people only see the result now um that we yeah we share openly we shared those letters on the morning of our divorce um and uh yeah it feels it feels good to be a quote-unquote on the other side of it right. but the process wasn't like sunshine and rabos at all uh, yeah
0: it's it's interesting in this space, um, as you look at, you know, there's a lot of pages out there around, you know, being a good husband, being a good father, around masculinity. And there's this narrative out there that if a marriage breaks down, it's the man's fault because you didn't do what you needed to do. You didn't show up in a specific way. You didn't court your wife like you did when you first married her. And there's a lot of shaming that happens. And as a person that went through a divorce, there was a time where I was like, maybe it was me maybe i didn't and while i wasn't the most the the best me that i could have been i also know like it takes two to tango there's definitely you know shared responsibility so for me being able to let go of that burden like i it was my fault and i didn't live up to this certain thing or even the, the the house of cards thing you know in your script getting a divorce in your script where things had to happen a certain way was probably not part of how the script would be would be written for you because if you know what family parties are not going to say hey chris really fucking killed it with his marriage huh jesus you know what it's and once that happens and you're able to for, forgive and then understand that, you know, there's a lot of trauma associated with that. Um, I wanted, I just, I, I hope men could rewrite that script in their heads when they when they go through a divorce and say, you know what? I can be even better than I was before. It's not this moment where I'm like a broken down man now. And I know for myself, I'm so much better than I was A year ago two years ago three years ago because of that process that i went through was almost like the phoenix like that's how i almost feel that i went through like i needed to burn it down and then to to rebuild from that spot how do you how do you go about working with with men that are that are in that space um obviously with building men we have a, a large audience of men that are may or may not be going through challenging relationships as well so if there is trauma associated with uh, separation or divorce, how do you help men understand that or, or work, work through that process?
2: Yeah. First off, you're absolutely right. That, that my script was you get married and you have babies and you stay married yeah. for life until you die. Um, and I was the, first one and I don't know how many cousins that like 30 40 cousins or something they're all married and kids and I was the first one to ever get divorced in my whole extended family on both sides and um, so it was definitely not accepted and it was a failure. And so the first thing that I would say is I think as a culture we really need to individually really we need to rewrite what failure actually means. Um, uh, and this was, this was hard for me. And, and fortunately, um, I had some, uh, some earlier quote unquote failures in life that I actually started to rewrite it earlier, but failure to me simply means that I took a shot at something and it didn't turn out the way that I imagined it would. And the alternative to that is not taking any shots. So, what I what I learned about myself is that I would much rather take a shot at living the life that I dream of than staying in a relationship and not addressing things that are clearly there, not addressing how I feel, not addressing how she feels, um, or 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 being staying in a job that I hate. Um, but I'm afraid to take a shot at what I re- really desire. Um, and so taking taking shots at things that are in the unknown will end up with quote unquote failure. People view it as failure because they don't understand that on the other side of failure is growth and is improvement and is closer to what you actually want. And so I think it starts with just... Uh, A lot of people that judge failure are people that aren't taking shots in their life and they're unhappy with what they have, but they're afraid to take one step outside of their comfort zone because they may, quote unquote, fail. And the people that I see doing life really well that I look at and I actually know personally and they're truly happy and fulfilled and having everything they desire and working towards it are constantly in every area of their life stretching themselves, knowing that when they stretch themselves, they're going to hit a new edge and it's going to be rocky for a little bit. They may contract back with a quote unquote failure, but on the other side of that, they're going to be better at that thing. And, um, when I, when I talk to them, when I look, look at their lives, they're never upset about their failures. They're just like, a very nonchalant, like, cool. Now I learned something and now I know something more now that as I uh, navigate forward, um, I have much better experience for doing that again. And so I think that relationships can be put under that as well. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons why relationships should last for life. Like there's a lot of societal reasons why, especially if there's kids involved, especially if there's like possessions involved, it's a lot easier to have relationships last for life. But sometimes that's not the best thing for the two people involved. And so if you can navigate what is the best thing for the two people involved, still holding up your responsibilities of life and parenting and whatever needs to happen there. But if you can hold those and you get to create a new situation, it's not a failure, it's growth. It's just shifting the language to it. And so both myself and my ex-wife have way better lives than we did. And now people are starting to see that and they're like, Oh shit. I like people I know from our past life were judging what was happening. They just didn't understand. And honestly, there was times where I didn't understand right. either, but I was just really committed to following my heart. And, um, and so everyone sees, like, again, they see the end product. They're like, "Oh, so easy!" And everyone you see that's successful, "Oh, it's so easy." But how many shots did they take that they uh, failed at that that you didn't see, that you didn't experience, but they learned from it, and then the next shot they took was was a was a better shot.
0: I uh I love what you said about doing life well. Even when you see people doing life well and it's not associated with a number, it's not associated with a bank account. It's just that vibe that you get that people they're they're at peace with whatever's going on in their life. And I'll you know, I'm gonna reframe the failure that was the start of today's episode with that shit show of the tech problems that we had and that was an opportunity for growth for us. We figured it was. We figured some things yeah. out there. We d- yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely figured some things out there. Um, so I'm, I'm interested now, um, you know, to, to kind of bring it back to the training camp for the soul. What does that program look like, sound like, and feel like? So, you know, if you're talking to the audience here, um, you know, hopefully people that are listening will go visit what you're doing to, to understand what you and Anat have created. Um, so if I, if I join this program, what is it? What, what should I expect from it?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, the best way to explain it is every one of us is uh, playing out a script called Our, Our Life. And call it a movie. You're the main character um, and you're playing this out. Most people... Uh, until they have awareness of this will continue living their life as the main character following the script that was given to them this script was given to them by their parents mom and dad um and then again like we said it's secondary from school from community from society like it goes out from there but our main influence is from mom and dad and what we learned or what we didn't learn if they weren't present or if they they didn't have the learning so So our script is there, it's handed to us at birth and we develop by what we see, what we hear and what we feel and experience. Um, And by the time we're seven, a lot of that script is already pretty well ingrained and we're just playing it out in our life. And that's when our adult mind starts, our logic mind starts to develop, or is around seven. Uh, And so by that time, a lot of that, the way things are, quote unquote, is set. And most people go their whole life without ever shifting the way things are. They just play that script out. In our program, we teach people how to first identify and then get to the root of, heal the root uh, of the things that they don't, I don't I don't like saying don't like about their life, but where they're stuck in their life. The beliefs that they hold that aren't actually true. But they've bought that they're true. So um, for me, I'll use a couple couple examples. Um, the one I shared earlier uh, that I learned from from my father around life is suffering if you want to be successful. It, they go hand in hand. It was like hard work, suffering equals success. So I was playing that out in my life so that when even when times were good, I was unconsciously finding ways to suffer and this is all happens at the unconscious level. And so what we do in our program is we go into the stuff that's below the surface. And I always draw the line right here at the neck is we go below what you're already like aware of in your mind and the, the the patterns that you're already circulating in your mind. We go even deeper into the emotions Um, which happen in the body and sensations and we teach people how to feel those and how to have less of an attachment to it. So, uh, when, when something comes up in their life, they can either choose to respond. And I say, choose very like loosely. It doesn't feel like a choice. They can either choose to respond from the trigger, from the response. Like, um, when someone does this, I do this, that's the script. Or they can choose the new, and we teach people the process. It's because it's not a conscious choice. We teach people how to shift to the new of what they do want, rather than just what they what they received. And 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 it happens all um, really subtly too. It's not always like these big traumatic events that ha- people use the word trauma in this big grandiose way. And most traumas that people experience are just things that um, usually a a child couldn't handle and deal with at the time when it happened. And so we create a protective response to deal with that trauma and that gets stored in the body. And so for instance, a small developmental trauma uh, that I had was when I was about four, four to five years old, I was playing soccer and I I knew that dad was supposed to pick me up and the game ended. All the parents came, hugged their kids, picked them up and took them. And then I had this moment where, and this came up when I was doing this program training camp for the soul. And I was like, Oh, I'm the last one here. And I'm looking around and I I don't see dad." And there's this immediate like panic response that happens. There's panic. There's fear just got abandoned. Um, and damage right there is done. Like as a child, I can't hold that. I'm like, I've never been in this experience before where I'm like, I feel like I'm by myself as a four year old, five year old. Meanwhile, what really happened? Dad just walked 50 feet away. He was watching my sister play soccer. He didn't realize the time or that it, he thought it ended five minutes or five. Only five minutes went by, he comes over and I pretend like there's nothing wrong. And inside it's just like, I'm freaking out. And in that time frame. I created the story. Okay. I got to take care of myself and like this and all that. And you can't trust people. And like all this happened because a child is making things up as they go. They don't have their adult logic brain yet. And so all this got ingrained in me. And so what became the belief that others will abandon you and you can't fully trust others, got set in that moment. And then I just started to play it out in my life. In every relationship with other people, there was always this like distance that I would keep because I couldn't really trust them. The gift of it was that I got really good at taking care of myself. So every belief has a gift in it and it does have a shadow. It's just, which one are you learning from the gift of hard work? Like we talked about earlier, I, I got to learn that gift. I worked hard at sports. I worked hard at school. I worked hard at business and I got the gift, but I was living in the shadow of it. I was living in the, in the, um, the suffering of it. And so for most people, once they do, do this, this inner healing work to, um, to unlearn these beliefs, they get to choose to still keep the gift side of it. Like I still know how to work hard and I can turn that on anytime I want. Um, And I still know how to take care of myself and be independent. And I can still live in the gift of that, but I can also trust other people. I can also like open up and feel safe to do that. Um, And so that's just like a few examples for me. And so everyone has, these core beliefs and we help people get to the root of them, remove them, heal them at at the level of the body and then rewrite their story and then teach them how to do that in a really systematic way so they can do it for themselves. So in their life, when something comes up, when they get emotionally triggered, when they just want to respond and snap back, they have a little bit of space to do something different. And that gives people control over their lives. And, um, like Anat said to me on that call that I referenced a while back is I didn't ever actually have control of my life. I was just doing what other people told me I should be doing. And I use the word should a lot, should be doing this, should be doing that. And now I have control over my life. I have, I can set direction for my life. And when someone, uh, like, is judging me for what I do. I know what I'm doing. It's from my heart. I know I can stand in that. And and like their judgment doesn't affect me. doesn't affect me what some people's opinion is of me on this topic or whatever. Yeah. Like I know where I'm coming from. And that's the greatest gift that I think anyone can have in their life is knowing who they truly are. And the work that we do is like foundational work that helps people discover who they truly are. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we do that through uh, both uh, in-person retreats and then also virtual programs as, as well. So people all over the world take our take our course and do our program.
0: You were talking about your father and and um, the, it was soccer you were at? Yes, yeah, yeah. I I just I just did a deep dive right there as you're talking. Um, it was, let me see if I could recall the date, pull out the date, it was probably in 1980, uh, so I'm 44 I was 4 years old um, dad dropped, Was I was at Mayfield Nursery School in Old Bridge, New Jersey shout out to Mayfield if it's still around um, it was Columbus Day and Mayfield Nursery is closed nursery school is closed he didn't ever take me to school ever I guess he wasn't working that day and sends me out of the work van and I go to the door, he drives away and there's no school so now I'm a four-year-old on, you know, I'm, I'm in, like, a, an area, now, like, by Route 516, and I have to, f- I didn't, I was, like, screaming, like, he left me there, and I, there was no school, and there was no one there, and I'm running down the road, and finally someone, like, finds me, like, you know, and helps get me to my father, who didn't pull all the way away, but I, there was that moment of, like, I just got left here, and then, as you're talking, every single sports practice that I went to that I would get dropped off at, soccer, football, i was uncomfortable until i saw his car pull up into the parking lot i remember i wasn't fully present in the like i would i would half-ass i would do whatever and then i like once i saw him pull up i'm like oh i could finally relax i'm not going to be left here i'm not going to be abandoned here and this happened all the way through probably like fourth or fifth grade and then like as i make it like how i tracked it out through my whole life there were so many issues that i had around abandonment in my life Uh, issues around you know friends who I was really good friends with that either moved out of state um I had a, a, my best friend in high school was an alcoholic he went to a rehab program and he had to like distance himself from all friends that he had um my roommate in college my first year in college leaves in the middle of the semester and and goes back home there were all these things that like people left me and uh it, it and i like i always internalize it i'm you know right now i'm working through a therapy session i was going to say five
1: hundred dollars for <laughs> this guy how much there. do i owe you for that
0: chris uh <laughs> all i need is a fucking leather couch that would have been a, a big
1: experience yeah. uh, so that was a quite a dissection <laughs> yeah for real so <laughs> but i was going to ask The, the really the, yeah. the part where i have so much compassion and
2: forgiveness for for everyone is that we're all just playing out the beliefs that we we had from childhood and what the mind does is it seeks to reinforce and prove those beliefs to be true so all those situations that happen in adulthood we think that are oh, just these random things but you're only, you're viewing from the lens of i will be abandoned so you notice all the things that happen like, yep that's abandonment yep getting abandoned there yep everyone's gonna leave me there and so you're only seeing those, but when that lens of the belief shifts, you start seeing it a different way. You start seeing, oh, I can trust me. So it's like if if I walk down the sidewalk thinking everyone's an asshole, I'm going to see yeah. all the ways people are acting like assholes. But if I walk down that same sidewalk, the exact same time, same people, and I, my belief is everyone is loving and kind, I'm going to see all the loving and kind kind acts that are happening everywhere that is fucking powerful. You get to change your reality by how you show, how you are who you are and the lens of which you see the world through.
0: It's the reticular activating system. Mark England talks about all the time. It's, It's one of those things that if you, if I, if I am thinking about a black, you know, pickup truck i'm going to see black pickup trucks everywhere if if i'm thinking about problems in my life i'm going to see those problems in my life so why not flip the script like you had just mentioned think about the positive things think about those silver linings and how those silver linings can work for you instead of working to detract it's it's really important work that you're doing chris i feel like we just scratched the surface here with this this conversation that we're having where do you
1: do the retreats like the the ones that you do in person where are those at
0: Yeah.
2: So we currently host uh, them in Estes Park, Colorado, uh, up in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. We have a retreat center up there. And um, our next retreat is in October. It's the end of October
1: 27th. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome.
0: And so when this uh, episode airs, you'll still have time to register for Mm -hmm. the Training Camp for Souls retreat and also an online program you have coming up as well?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Our next online program starts, um, the begin, the first week of September. So people still have, um, by the time this episode comes out, I think a couple weeks. Um, and then, uh, the next retreat, yeah. End of October. So they'll have opportunities to,
0: to do both of them. Awesome. So how can we find training camp for the souls? Let us know where building men audience can reach you, Chris.
2: Yeah. trainingcampforthesoul.com Um, and people can find out all about the programs, uh, retreats, virtuals on there. Um, we also have a bunch of free resources, like free downloads on like breath work, um, how to, how to get more freedom in your life. Some, some practices that are really useful, uh, some morning practices. And then we also have a few, few, uh, free downloads on like masterclasses we've hosted in the past, which takes people through like uh, a 90 minute experience of what it's like to work with us. And, um, just like, again, uh, like I scratch the surface on the example, the masterclass scratches the surface on the experience. And then if people want to go deeper, yeah, they can apply and get on the phone with our team and, and we'll get them into one of the programs.
0: Awesome. So we'll we'll put all those links in the show notes, um, and we'll we'll promote the hell out of this so people can find out where you are and what you're doing. Um, truly appreciate awesome. you being on, Chris. Sorry for all the the tech glitches in the beginning. We you know <laughs> we're we're definitely we're working at it. We're gonna lo- view it as a as an opportunity for growth
1: um moving
0: forward anthony got anything anything else
1: no it's powerful stuff you're doing my brother had an epiphany in less than an (laughs) hour of you speaking about this stuff so uh yeah excited i'm definitely gonna check this out what you're doing and i look forward to it man thank you Thank you so much
2: and the last thing people can do is follow me on instagram uh at chris marhefka and i post a lot of videos um on like talking about this stuff i guide people through breath work on there like Put out a lot of great stuff on there, so check me out on Instagram and um, you know follow along.
0: And awesome. we will um, we'll ask the audience too. Like, let us know what you think. Um, leave a review on the episode. Um, comment on Instagram. Let us know about your your thoughts around this topic. A lot of important work here. Chris Marhafka, thank you so much. We will um, we'll we'll definitely be investigating more about training camp for the Soul. And we have a Not Perry coming up. Uh, on the next episode of building men's we'll go even deeper on on this journey with training camp for the souls go a step further than you thought you can go thanks for listening everyone and we will see you next time on building men